You're tuned in to Muscle Car Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to uh, the episode number one of 2017 of Muscle Car Radio. I'm here with my mate Marco. Marco, good to see you again. Great to see you, Harry. Oh, mate, we've got a great show tonight. i tell you who we've got. We've got uh, Dan and Dick there from Grand Tourer down in Melbourne. Some of the most amazing restoration work. We're going to talk to those boys about the up-and-coming GT Nationals, some of the cars they're preparing to get out there. And, mate, you know um, what uh, I love more than cars? My roosters, we're talking to Brad Fittler today. Oh, fantastic. I love Brad. <laughs> I love Freddie. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, mate, how are you? How have you been? I'm fantastic, Harry. Fantastic. Good. Excellent, mate. Mate, it's been a long time, and I'll tell you what, there's a lot been happening. We've had Christmas, we've had uh, uh, New Year's and all the holiday season and whatnot. And I'll tell you what, mate, nothing is slowing down. Muscle cars are a go, go, go. Continuing, huh, Harry? Well, I mean... Mate, it's all happening. You want to see some of the value, some of the things these cars are selling well, for out actually, there. Uh, last time we had a conversation, what, about 12-odd months ago... I couldn't imagine how the value of these cars just continue to go. Well, mate, you say that, but in the last month to two months, we've had three record prices shattered for major sort of models, you know, amongst it all. I'll tell you about them in a minute. Um, and just people paying money for these things. And I don't know what it is, mate. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of flabbergasted. It just well, keeps cranking. I could only put it down to a few things, and correct me here if I'm wrong. Overseas investors... Opportunity yeah. for uh, negative gearing. <laughs> no, I don't I mean, know surely, about that. They're surely. not real estate. You know what it is? I don't know. I think there's still the phenomenon of cheap money around the place. You know what I mean? People are still making money. They're still they're, they're, they're using the equity of property and what have you. They're buying these cars. Um, and people are still making profits on their investments. So they've got a bit of cash. to. Go. I'll give you an example, right? So our major sponsor, uh, Muscle Car Sales, musclecarsales.com.au, they were responsible for the sale of two vehicles which achieved records, one of them being a, a phase to GDHO, we're talking about a next W 1970 model, made $500,000 record price for a phase two GDHO. Talk, talk me through this car, Harry. What, what, <laughs> what, what has it got for half a million dollars? <laughs> special, special car. And half a million dollars is the sort of money you associate with a phase three, right? But this is a phase two. It's what they call a surfer orange car. Very rare color, beautiful color. Um, it's a concourse prize winning. Uh, fully restored car, very well known in the industry. And you know what? There was the right person for the car. He wanted it. He was up for it. He bought the car and he paid the money that he paid for it. And you know what? He's happy as a pig and you know what? So I take it he was always after this particular well, mate, model. To be honest with you, he's got a collection of many cars. He's had, and he's been on the show before, right? He's one of the fellows. He's a prolific collector. He's down in Melbourne. Joe's his name. And Joe has uh, XWs. He's had uh, XYs, all manner of cars, right? But this particular car he just wanted. And it was a little bit emotional. I think his missus got involved. She loved the car. They'd seen it out at shows before. So when it came up for sale, he was right into it. And off he went. And what's he going to use it for? Just display? Or he goes cruising in it, him and his family? It's there. It's an investment. It's cruising. For him, it's like, you know, uh, just, just like particular people love collecting XYZ, whether it's guitars or cars or whatever. He just happens to love these GDHOs and off he goes. So for him, it's a, it's a passion. It's a labour of love. He works for it. He loves it. His missus is enjoying it. I'm sure they'll take it to shows. They'll take it out to GT gatherings and off they go. So I guess we can't take it out for a spin, Harry, and do a few burnouts. Mate, I'll tell you what, he's a hard man. He's a hard man to get onto. Once in his position, you're not going to pry him out of Joe. You're only going to pry him out of Joe, you know, at, uh, on, uh, on his terms. Uh, but the other one, of course, was an XAG. Are you familiar with the XAs? I am, Harry. Yeah. I am. I am. In fact, I've actually been on the website having a good look at this car. And, and anyone who wants to check this out, I suggest you go to the website yeah. Yeah. and have a, have a good look. Musclecarsales.com.au. Yeah. 
Um, I like the colour. I love oh. the colour of this car. So they call it lime glaze, and that's I mean, con- that's seventies, right? Yeah, all but, over exactly. Considering these days, it's black, white, and metallic grey, uh, and, and the, the occasional silver, right? Occasional, silver. <laughs> occasional. Yeah, this car would stand out Wait. like you'd see it three miles away. Not only was it lime glaze in colour externally, the car had a sunroof, and the interior was Hawaiian trim. If you have a look at the interior of this car, it was made up of a Hawaiian trim pattern. You're thinking to yourself, what were they thinking? What were they smoking back in the 70s when they produced these things? But now they're iconic, mate. People and, love them. And, and Harry, I, I know that we've been talking about muscle cars a long time. Uh, where's the RPO come from? Okay. So XA came after the XY, right? So we're talking about star kicked off in about 1972, 72, 73. They were the first pretty much Australian, fully fully designed in Australia uh, as far as, you know, from go to woe. The XYs, NXWs and cars prior to that, they took cues from the American cousins, okay? But the XA was the first of the fully Australian designed vehicle. RPO was regular production option, and the idea was that what they did was they added bits and pieces that were earmarked in the day for the Phase 4 GDHO. Do you remember when we talked about the Phase 4 GDHO, they took the muscle part, car wars where, and where all they, that sort of stuff? Where they took certain parts off it that went out of production okay. and put it onto the that's right. So they earmarked the GDHO Phase 4, and that was going to be built, and they produced a few of them, and we'll talk to hopefully a, an owner of one of these things one day, but they produced a handful of these cars, uh, and they earmarked them for, um, to, 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 to succeed the Phase 3. And then, of course, the whole media hype of how our kids were being killed, and there was that famous article that was written about, you know, we can't have these things going at 140 mile an hour and what have you, and that killed off these what they call supercars. One of the victims was the V8 Charger, the other victim, of course, was the XU2, was going to be the small V8 Tirana. And the other one, of course, was the Phase 4. Now, Ford at this stage, they had a whole heap of parts, whether they be, you know, the big, um, the big uh, sumps, the engine components, the large carburetors, and all the go-fast bits. What do you do with them, right? So all of a sudden, you've got all these bits. The, RPO, the, the Phase 4 has been killed off because the media got involved. So what they did, they shoehorned all these parts into standard XAGTs. They called them an RPO83, which is a regular production option, basically. And they all varied. Some of them got all the bits. Some of them got a few of them. But uh, they're considered the pseudo, if you like, or the, if you like, what could have been Phase 4 GDHO. And would it be safe to say that you could have an owner of a car, mm. just standard XAGT, mm-hmm. that has RPO parts on it? Yep that wouldn't know they've got one? Or Absolutely. the owners are pretty savvy. They know exactly well, how to look or what to look for. Mate, in days gone by, these cars were bought straight out of uh, the dealerships and people didn't know that they had an RP- or, you know, a Phase 4 potential carburetor or the wing sump or you know, the, the, the go-fast bits. And there have been instances recorded where some of these parts ended up on fair lanes, mate, because you're talking about the production line of the Ford factory back in the 70s. There wasn't too much science around it. It was like you know, the boys on a Friday, yeah, whack that on it. Yeah, be done with it. So, and this is why a lot of these RPOs, you know, it varied as to what they got. You haven't asked me with the price yet, mate. Well, no, it's fascinating because I was just thinking, if, <laughs> if an owner has a car yeah. that they suspect might have some of these parts on, hmm. where do they go? How do they know how to find it? Where do they go to look? Who yeah. do they contact well, there to, are to the, check things out? There to are say, the, yeah. You know, you've got a special head on it or a special header or a carburetor or something like that. There are the myriad of car clubs, of course. There's the, the car club in Victoria. There's a myriad of car clubs here in New South Wales. And, of course, uh, you know, get, get your local expert to have a look at it. And usually associated with the car clubs uh, are people that are in the know. So I think that would be my suggestion for people's uh, first port of call. To go to your local mechanic, they may or may not be an enthusiast, but the car clubs generally have someone involved. Mate, you haven't asked me the price yet. Well, ask me the price, son. So the bo- ask him the price, son. <laughs> ask him the price. <laughs> The price. What's the price, son? The boys at musclecarsales.com.au. <laughs> 
plug there, mate, for our sponsor. Two hundred and forty grand for that car. That is a record for a four-door XA RPO sedan. I remember Harry um, <laughs> holidays up in Noosa, yep. family friends, um, or Surface Paradise, mm. and we would drive this car. His name uh, was Adrian, mm. and we used to call him AIDS back then before we AIDS was, yeah, yeah, was yeah, an yeah. own thing. <laughs> and um, he'd drive past the cop shop down the main strip of uh, Gold Coast, and he'd pull up out the front of the cop shop, and he'd look down the driveway, uh. and he knew exactly how many patrol cars yeah. the policemen have. When it was full, it was safe to drag race. Right. So I remember my earliest um, memories of this car yeah. or this model was doing burnouts up and down the strip down in on the Gold Coast in the early 80s. So I have fond memories of this particular model. Well, I'll tell you what, mate. You say that on the flip side of that, these cars were the distant cousin from the XYXWs. I know a bloke who's been in the Ford scene forever and a day. Hopefully we'll have him on the show one day. They used to take these cars and basically in the day strip them for parts yeah. because they weren't in, they weren't regarded as a top GT, right? So you'd have things like the, the diffs and the engines and the 4V, what they called, you know, the large heads off the engines and bits and pieces taken off them and stripped out for parts. These days, of course, everybody that did that kicks themselves because of the values of these things and they're quite revered. And to be honest, quite a nice car to drive as opposed to a lot of what they call the square cars, XW, XY. These actually are very well balanced. They drive very, very well. Uh, we're very, very surprising. And, nice they look, and they look the part. Ah, well, I'm glazed. Have a look at the yeah. thing, mate. Thanks. Anyway, you have uh, been listening to Muscle Car Radio. I'm here with uh, my mate uh, Marco, who it's uh, good, so good to catch up, Marco, really, mate. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to, as I say, a few of our special guests. Hang on. Do you want to know the secret to having lean, powerful muscle? There is no secret. You have to push it. Push it real good. It's easier than that, big guy. Just go to musclecarsales.com.au. Looking for a supercharged XC Falcon Cobra, a tricked-out GTS Monaro, or even some American muscle? musclecarsales.com.au But Austrian muscle is the best. Hey, Arnold. Yeah, what? Get back to your chopper, mate. musclecarsales.com.au Real Muscle. Welcome back to Muscle Car Radio, brought to you by musclecarsales.com.au. H, before we go on, I know in the last segment we talked about record sales yeah. in muscle cars. Mm-hmm. But, mate, we only spoke about two Fords. Yeah. Come on. You've got to keep the listeners happy. <laughs> there's got oh, to be a that's, Holden. That's your cousin with a Monaro, Black. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. I got it. And on top of that, there's got to be one of my, one yeah. my favourites is the Valiant. Hey, I tell and you, there has been a bit of action, to be honest with you. Mate, in, there's a mob uh, called uh, Lloyd's Auctions. I think they're up on the Gold Coast. They, in the last month, sold an A9X hatch. You know what I'm talking about, right? That thing, Love the, the 70s, Love late the 70s, Brocky legend it. car, flared guards, blah, blah. They sold a genuine hatch. I think they got 260 grand for it. That's a lot of money for an A9X hatch, mm. mate. Talk about Record the car. Price. Tell me about the car. Well, the car was just a plain Jane. Uh, you know, it was just a maintained vehicle, a beautiful original matching numbers car, not modified in any way, and that's just the money that they're fetching, How mate. How much? 260 grand. That's a lot of money for oh, a Tirana. Wow. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way. And the Valiant, say, mate, they've been well represented too. We've had a, we've had a, um, uh, an E55 Charger, again from Muscle Car Sales. Those those boys uh, did that. For, I think they got about ninety to a hundred for that. I think it's around about the ninety grand mark. And they recently sold an E34 
Pacer. We talked about the Pacers. You know what they oh, are? I love the Pacer. But, but this E34, there was only 200-odd made. I think it was 212 or something like that. They were a four-barrel car that was campaigned. They had the big tank in the back, and they had the filler up on the top guard, all the go-fast stripes from the track pack. And they were campaigned as part of the Bathurst in their class. They, were a few, they had a few class wins. They did very, very well. Their Achilles heel was their three-speed gearbox. Unfortunately... Chrysler only put the three-speed in it. There was a close ratio, specific box, but really they should have really spent the time and put an old four-speed in it and whatever and give them a bit of legs up top. Mate, I think they've got about 90 grand for that car. Really wow. special car. In the hemi-orange, you've seen that colour, right? So I guess it's safe to say, Harry, anyone who's got one of these cars is going to keep the missus happy because generally <laughs> the first thing to go whenever there's a bit of uh, financial strain in the house is the hobby car. Yeah. Uh, not in this case. Well, you know what? You're funny you should say that because we've had a, uh, and I've been sort of selling these things and been involved with them and, and sort of been buying and selling and having fun with them for many, many years. For the most part, since about 2003-04, they've sort of skyrocketed. But we did have a bit of a glitch. And that glitch was around about 2007-08 with the GFC here in Australia, remember? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, they, they did come back a bit. But for the most part, they, they, um, they are going in the right direction. You know, they, they are, they're heading north whilst there's still cheap money around and, and still in demand. Remember, they're not making any more of these bloody things, right? And a lot of, them, a lot of the real good cars uh, were hacked up in the early days. So a lot of the really, really good cars that are left over are sort of revered. But who's to say, mate, if you know, things start getting squeezed economically and what have you, the first thing that goes are toys, right? You've got to be careful. Holiday houses, toys, caravans and boats, right? Which is what we saw in 2007 and eight. But you know what? There will always be an emotion tied to this thing. This is the thing. And I was going to say, try try prying one of these cars away from its owner. I mean, there'll be a lot. The other things will be gone first before this car. These cars drive out of the driveway. And you know, people say, "Well, what is it that draws people to these cars?" It's all emotion. It's what they link to it, right? You. Your old man drove one. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i a, I'm a sucker for Valiant because my old man's first thing, as I said, one of his first cars was an old Valiant Pacer, a nicest yellow VF thing. And then, you know, and so it goes. Harry, I caught up with a couple of mates that I haven't seen for 15 years in the yeah. gong. We all got together, had a great night out with wives. And I've got for, to tell for, you, for the uninitiated, the gong is south of uh, south of um, Wollongong, Sydney. Wollongong. We call it yeah, Wollongong. That's Wollongong. sort of a, a bit of Mexico down there, yeah, but yeah. nice spot. Good working class, yeah. uh, working class city. I got together with a bunch of the boys and. Um, I've got to tell you, all the stories that came out, probably 80% of them were car stories. Yeah. So I, I hear what you're saying, the nostalgia, the, the good times, that feeling of youth yep. um, keeps you feeling young. And, you know, you're, you were either a Ford family, you were a uh, Holden family, or in some cases you were even a Valiant family, and so it went. So it's all about that, mate, and it's all about the emotion nostalgia. So will the values keep climbing? Will they keep going on forever and a day? No, one's, no, no, one, knows, no one knows exactly what's going to happen. Well, no one's a guru, but it's all dependent on... The old Muller, yep. the financial situation at any given time. But I tell you what, they ain't going back in a hurry. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Anyway, you've been listening to Muscle Car Radio. We can talk values and sentiment forever and a day. We'll be back after the break and we'll be talking to some special guests. Welcome to Muscle Car Radio. We're back and we've got a very, very, very special guest. We've got uh, Brad Freddie Fittler, Roosters Regent. He's on Roosters Legend, let me say that again. And he's on, he's going to tell us all about the love of his cars. He's going to tell us about the mighty Roosters. And Freddie, you know, apart from the muscle cars, which I love, and I love a few of them, mate, there's only one thing I love more, and you know what that is? What's that? My mighty Roosters, mate. And I'll tell you what, I'm very, very excited to be talking to you. Welcome to the show. I appreciate it, mate. They're, uh, they've shot out some pretty good footy teams over the last, I don't know, a couple of decades, so... Yeah, we uh, we play to please, mate. Freddie, it's um, Marco here. I'm uh, Harry's co-host for the evening. Um, just wanted to know, mate. Um, footy starts this this week. 
give me a bit of a rundown. Yeah. Who do you think's looking good? You know, we finished the season off last year with, you know, Cronulla as premiers. Tell me, well, what's uh, just give us a quick quick rundown of uh, who's looking good. Right, well, I rundown. Uh, I think the Storm will be pretty good. They're, they've got some really great players. It'll be interesting if Billy Slater, how much he plays this year. But they've got a young son named Cameron Munster who'll fill his position. Um, they lose a couple of vital players and they're missing the key player early. So uh, it'll be in, I think they'll be there at the end. The Roosters uh, have had a big, an excellent off-season. Uh, Luke Keary. Uh, then you've got Mitchell, who's uh, he'll be fresher. And then there's... Mm. Just some maturing outside backs, which would be great. The key to them is their their front row, Napa, Hargreaves, and those fellas. Um, yeah, when they won the comp, they were absolutely demolishing footy teams. So uh, they're the real key for them. Uh, the other ones are Penrith, I think. Penrith are, are a big chance. They're mostly they're mostly got the most depth across the board. I'd say uh, it's already been tested. One of their front rows is could look like he could be out for the year. So, um, but. Uh, early on, well, it's between my two clubs, I think. Oh, I like Penrith <laughs> and the Roosters yeah, at the moment. It. So, yeah, no, I, uh, outside that, outside chances, they're saying the Raiders, but they got beat by 40 in a trial, which is unusual. Um, the Broncos look okay. The Cowboys, I think, have gotten they're weaker than they were last year, so they might take a stumble. Then you've got the ex-premiers lose the bloke who touches the ball most there, Hooker Michael Innes, who played a huge part mm and then being in the final. So I'm saying they might fall a couple. They should make the semi still, I'd say, but uh, you wonder if that hunger is going to be. That was their first ever premiership. So it was quite a took quite a while to get to the first one. Normally, sometimes your motivation takes a bit of a hit. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. Brad, I've got a 77-year-old mother-in-law who is an absolute staunch doggy supporter. You yeah, haven't mentioned the no, dogs. That's no good, mate. Forget Give us a rundown dog. of the dogs. The dogs I just have to ask, otherwise I'll get a clip around the ear hole <laughs> when I get home from my wife. The so of the rooster, you didn't mate. ask the hard question. The dogs, I think, uh, old Desi's going to have to teach us some old dogs new tricks. They've been doing <laughs> the same stuff for a while, so it'll be very interesting to see if they can adapt Fair and call. get some wins. I was watching uh, Moses Emboy in the, um, uh, the All-Stars game and uh, he didn't have much of a say up against Jonathan Thurston that day, which is not an easy task. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I think they might struggle. They'll be under pressure early because the, the newspapers will want to want to attack them. I think they're in a pretty easy... they lose the first couple of games, they'll be an easy victim for the papers. So, I agree with you, mate. Yeah, if they get off to a good... Yeah. Yeah, no, look, well, you, you, thanks you. for that, Brad. I mean, El will be really happy to hear that. Uh. <laughs> Forget it, mate. The dog's gone. Brad, enough yeah. enough talk of footy, mate. And it's very exciting because we've got the footy season coming up. And we're looking forward to it, of course. Mighty Roosters, we're hoping they're uh, they're going to go in for a big one, and of course, uh, and whatnot. Mate, you're you're an old Penrith boy. You're sort of, from what I understand, you're born in Auburn. You you played Parramatta Juniors. You sort of played for Penrith in your first grade, and then you went on to the Roosters. I think you had about 120 odd games with Penrith, and then 217 for the Roosters. Uh, representative, all all before you. Everybody knows about it. Mate, apart from that, talk to me about cars. I, I understand you might be a bit of a ref. You've come from Penrith, right? And we've, we're a car show. There must have been some HSV action, some Ford Falcon action. Are you a bit of a petrol head, Brad? Talk to me, mate. No, I wouldn't say much of a petrol head. I had a couple of nice little sports cars when I was younger. I had a lovely yeah. little, um, what was it, the first, one of the first MR2s when they first come out, the new style. I had one of them, a, a lovely little MX. Uh, what was that? It was a little uh, a Honda CRX, and some bloke had done it up, 
and lowered it and made it, it was all jet black <laughs> and the windows are black and that was pretty cool. And I remember in about that would have been about nineteen ninety two possibly, maybe earlier. And I had a car phone. Oh wow. So let me say for a single bloke in Penrith. <laughs> yeah. Was it one been of those out of ring home and those big NEC bricks? Close to a brick. Yeah. Oh, a little bit trimmer than the than the bricks you're thinking of, but um, <laughs> over the times I made, I was lucky enough while I played, I had, a, I had a sponsor pretty much the whole time, and then I've just recently got another one. So I, I drive a lovely car at the moment, which I'm super impressed with one of those CX-9s. I think they do a fantastic job. Well, it's at the Mazda, right? Yeah, they're all beautiful. They're like the, the seven, Mazda. The seven-seater sort of uh, family mover. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Now, my wife's right into that. We've, yeah, we've a, got a similar a car. No, I had a Volvo for a few years. I've got to say, I like this one better. It makes a bit more sense. The, the far back seats have got more room and maybe mm. a little bit less boot space. I don't really know. But I'll tell you what I did have, which you'd be <laughs> impressed with. I had a red Buick. Oh, now you're talking. Big, long I was starting Buick. to worry about you, mate. You started talking Volvos and bloody Mazdas. Now, now you're talking. Tell, me, tell us about the Buick. What's the story there? Greg Alexander and I bought this Buick, and what we did, we chopped the roof off and got it reinforced down the side, and and um, put some beautiful big speakers in the back. We used to drive down to Bondi and pump some music out. Uh, I remember the song we used to always pump out at the time was Utah Saints. I don't know why it was just one of those great songs that I remember directly with that yeah, car, and yeah. we spray painted it red, and it was absolutely beautiful. And um, but after summer, we we didn't ride because we actually didn't put a roof on it. We just had it roofless. So, so rain and all, let's go. About, yeah, it lasted about, I reckon, about, you know, five months from from uh, October to March. And then we had to start playing footy again. And then it got colder as well. So <laughs> it was all we over. we'll get rid of the car. But I've actually seen it since, like, taking people to uh, weddings and stuff. So it went into good hands and has been made of good use. The Buick lives on. Now, apart from the cars and obviously the footy, so, you know, as a rev ed, clearly you're a, you're a, a very, very, very uh, uh, good football player, or you were certainly, mate, but uh, when I hear, uh, you know, MR2s and Volvos, but that's all good because it's all part and parcel. The Buick's very impressive. Mate, the Hogs, tell us a little yeah. bit about what's happening with the bikes because I know you do a little bit of uh, charity work around the place with the motorcycles and it's a good opportunity for our listeners to have a, to, to get a bit of a heads up on what it is you're doing. T- tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I'm, I've always been more of a, a two, two-wheel two man. I've loved Harley-Davidson's for a long time. As soon as I retired, I went and got a Harley and I did a road down to the great, did a ride down the Great Ocean Road on my own. Just cruised down there and I had a nice big road king. Uh, Harley-Davidson support the charity ride we do and we go around and we raise money for Father Chris Riley. He looks after the youths off the streets. And basically there's about, at times, up to 30 blokes on Harley's hooding around New South Wales country, doing coaching clinics and functions and raising awareness for not only youth off the streets but rugby league. And we take around about 5,000 footies and give them to kids all over the state. And we uh, we relayed a whole ground up in Wagga. I'm sorry, in Walgett. Uh, there's about 60 people, locals and police and ambulances and all the people on our ride. And we got out and a friend of mine uh, from Evergreen Turf uh, supplied a full footy field of grass at no expense, trucked them all up from Windsor, and we laid in an hour and a half. It's a, it's a, it's a record for a footy field. So 
we've been able to do some wonderful things all on made all on a Harley. You know, we did about four and a half thousand kilometres all the way down to the Snowy Mountains and right up to Tenerfield and right across the top of New South Wales. So That's brilliant. Feel pretty fortunate. Yeah, and of course you only got back yesterday for one of the sanities. Is that right? You sort of uh, you have only just arrived last back from all night. That. Yeah, that's right. Now those road kings and uh, fair play to you, mate. That's that's a really worthy cause and, and, and good work. So those road kings, often time, mate. I, I had one for a little while there. They're beautiful bikes, but really they have got the turning circle of a small truck, haven't they? Just quietly, they're no Vespa, but they're well, you beautiful. Happen. So I, I got rid of the road king. I bought. I have a fat boy at home, so I've got a little modified fat boy and. Harley-Davidson actually loaned me a street glide, which is, um, you know, a touring bike. So I've got to say, if I if I was to advise anyone on a motorbike, I'd, I'd ramp up a street glide. They are just divine to be riding around. <laughs> Sounds good. They great. are silky. So, yeah, they are awesome. Excellent. Brad, look, thanks very much, mate. We've really enjoyed talking to you. It's been fantastic. Uh, mate, as far as I'm concerned, being a uh, diehard rooster from way back in the 70s, it's been an absolute pleasure, and hopefully we'll catch up one day. But, uh, mate, it, uh, we'll, um, we'll catch up another time. Thanks for your time, and have a great night. This is Muscle Car Radio. You're listening to Harry and Marco. Welcome back to Muscle Car Radio. Marco, what a great show it's been, mate. Fantastic, Harry. It's just getting better and better. <laughs> hey, on the phone, I've got a couple of very special guests. Now, everybody talks about these muscle cars and their values, etc., etc. But have you ever thought about the restoration and the parts business? Oh, Harry, the stuff this that is goes something really, really close to my heart. I love restoring <laughs> cars, and I love talking about restoring cars, and I love yeah. talking to people. Yeah. Cars. Yeah. I'm at an age, mate, where to be honest with you, I, I'd rather just buy them already restored. I couldn't be bothered anymore. But there's an entire industry, and there's some very, very good people that do these sort of things. One of the institutions in the Australian GT scene is a company called Grand Tourer Restorations. They're down in Melbourne. Uh, it was started by uh, a guy called Neil Thompson many, many years ago. Now, uh, Neil, unfortunately, is no longer with us. Uh, uh, we've got Dick Savvy and we've got uh, Dan McAleese. These guys are involved in the business. Dick is the um, Dick is the uh, the owner of the business, as I understand it. He's also a bit of a racer. And uh, the boys have uh, joined us on the show. They're going to tell us a little bit about why people are spending money on these cars. Welcome, boys. And uh, Muscle Car Radio is here. Hey, Harry. Hey, guys. Fantastic. So, mate, uh, uh, Dick, let me start with you, mate. You, you're... Uh, obviously got a bit of a racing thing going and you, you've obviously invested in, um, you know, Grand Tour restorations. Tell us a little bit about the racing and what you do before we get into the Grand Tour side of things. Yeah, okay. So we've got a company called Savvy Motorsport and we primarily build um, and, and race and maintain uh, what we call historic touring cars or cars of the period from the mid-60s through to the mid-70s. Uh, so most of the competition cars are to do with circuit racing, so the likes of historic touring cars or touring car masters, that sort of thing. So we we fundamentally build cars from scratch. So we do you know, roll cage fabrication, um, construct brake systems and build engines and transmissions, the whole shoot and match, really. And, Dick, uh, what are some of those models and cars, just so our listeners can visualise some of these cars that you maintain and run? Um, so for some of the Ford people, they're going to be really upset because I do do some Holden and Chrysler stuff. That's fine. Um, That's fine. But, we do, but, but we do a lot of Ford stuff. We're probably predominantly Ford stuff. So we do a lot of Mustang stuff, anything from 64 through to 71 Mustangs. We do, um, obviously, Falcon stuff from XR through to sort of XB Coupes and that sort of thing, XYs, XWs. Uh, we do... A lot of Monaro stuff we've done, you know, HQs, HT Monaros, that sort of thing, a few Tiranas. 
Um, we do a bit of Chrysler stuff with some chargers, um, you know, E49 six-pack stuff. So, yeah, we, we sort of cover a fair range of vehicles. We also do other American stuff, Camaros, you know, 67 through to 69 Camaros. Mm-hmm. So anything that fits in that sort of really that traditional muscle car group yeah. and that was raced uh, in Australia that might have been raced on a um, on a circuit track, yeah. then we generally uh, get involved in Excellent. those. Back in the era. And what about you, Dick? Do you campaign anything? Are you out on uh, out with a particular car yourself? No, not really. Not I... Um, I used to race a few bikes years ago, but I spend most of my time just engineering cars, really, making sure they keep going to keep the boys happy. Good on you, mate. That's fantastic. So tell us about uh, the other thing I want to talk about, obviously, is, is Grand Tourer and the restoration business. Now, we, uh, we knew the late uh, Neil Thompson and uh, some, of the, some of the finest restored vehicles and, and, you know, Nationals winning champions have come out of those cars. And, of course, we've got the Nationals coming up, and I understand you're preparing some stuff that's going to go over to the uh, GT Nationals, which are in Perth this year. I think it's in about a month or so. So um, tell us a little bit about that business and how you came to uh, how you came to be part of it, uh, mate. Okay, so Neil and I were pretty good buds and, and our workshops are actually uh, are probably only 200 metres apart. So I used to see Neil on a daily basis because uh, he loved race cars. So he used to come around and hang out all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, sadly, he lost his battle and uh, the, the business sat dormant for about 12 months. And so a really good friend of mine by the name of Justin Anderson, who's a Perth-based fella, and I sort of got together. We talked about the potential of reopening the business and uh, talked to the family. The family were really keen for us to take it on, knowing that, uh, obviously, I knew Neil quite well. So we uh, eventually did a deal to reopen the doors, and and part of that deal for us was to have the right people involved. And so Dan here was was a really strong part of that. So we campaigned Dan for about a month, I reckon, to get him to come on board. And thankfully we did. Um, and so, yeah, we reopened just under 12 months ago now. So we're almost to the 12-month anniversary and it's been a really great experience so far. And um, tell me, guys, talk me through a traditional sort of one of your, your pretty traditional restoration projects. Um, you know, is, are we talking complete rotisserie, um, you know, body sandblasted or blasted back and redone with all the upholstery, chroming, everything done in-house. Talk me a little bit through that. Just want to give the, the listeners a bit of an idea of the services and what you guys do in-house. Well, actually, basically we try and do as much as we can in-house, Harry. Um, it's one of those things where we don't like to farm too much out because uh, the fact of you're relying on other people and that sort of thing and you just want everything basically done in-house because you can control the quality of everything and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, as much as we can do. Like we've um, uh, recently just purchased a water blast machine and a zinc plating machine because we're having issues with the zinc platers and stuff um, taking too long and also losing some parts and bits and pieces. And what about so you, now that we can build? And how about all your chroming and your upholstery? Is that all in house as well? Uh, not the chroming and stuff like that. That a lot of that's subcontracted out. But we've got our specific people we use. Um, we've used them for a long time. We know their quality. Um, so, yeah, we try and retain all our work with them. Fair play. And you know what? We were just talking about, um, Dan, we were talking about, uh, Harry here, we were talking about uh, the values of these cars and, you know, the recent uh, record prices, you know, that uh, RPO that was sold by the boys at uh, Muscle Car Sales down the road and, uh, and that, um, that, uh, that beautiful uh, Phase 2. Mate, typically what would someone spend on a complete nut and bolt ground-up restoration of one of these vehicles? Because I know people are happy to spend 80 to 100 grand putting a kitchen in their house, Right. 
But what about these restorations? What, what, what are we talking? And they do vary. How long is a piece of string? I know all that. But give us a bit of an insight. Generally, nowadays, bodywork and stuff um, with the people we use, it's sort of one of those things where we, um, we only use sort of perfectionist panel beaters. Um, they can be quite expensive, but you get a great result at the end. So it can be something where on, say, body and paint, for instance, you may spend between sort of twenty-five to $50,000, depending on the quality you want. So overall, a complete restoration of the car could easily run into $100,000, $150,000, right, to do it properly? Yeah, generally it would, yeah. Mm. They're, they're basically, um, you know, most cars would be around the $100,000 mark um, and upwards. It just depends on how far you want to go. We, we have some, I guess, some baseline numbers that we use because obviously a lot of people walk in the door and, you know, not everyone can afford to do a restoration, but you'd be surprised how many can. Uh, they'll walk in the door and the first question they ask is, how much? Mm. So the boys, we've sort of formulated a few things here over time and we've worked out that on average, it's about, it works out about 25 grand to assemble a car on, on average. Um, so, you know, you, you look at your body and paint and go, it's anywhere from, as Dan said, anywhere from sort of 25 to, to 50 grand. And then your assembly for a car is, is going to be at about the 25 mark. Um, mm. And then it comes down to what you want to spend on, on the rest of the thing. So how good the trim is, how much trim, you know, you want to replace or, yeah. um, you know, driveline components, brake components, all those sorts of things. So yeah. they really are a can of worms, but... For the majority of people, I would think most people are not going to get any change mm. out of 100 to 150 grand. That's right, and that's, and that's what we're thinking. But, you know, when you consider the values of these things these days and what they're fetching, people are happy to do that and get them right because, as uh, Marco and I have said many a time, they're not making any more of these uh, these beautiful cars. And to buy something and then spend 100 grand on it when you know you're going to get a bit of a return or your money's there, then it's, uh, then it's easily done. And apart from the restoration business, you guys obviously sell parts as well, right? Grand Tour are down in Melbourne. You're uh, your parts specialist and, and all sorts of stuff. So uh, people can sort of contact you guys, and we'll uh, we'll we'll put your details up on um, up on the website there. But they can contact you and get their uh, Ford parts and bits and pieces, right? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, it's pretty exciting times here, right at the minute. We've just launched a new website, um, and whilst we don't have huge part numbers on there at the minute, we are working on that at the moment. But there's a new online store and a whole bunch of other information on our website. What's the website? Give us, give, us, really give us the website uh, details. So it's um, www.grandtura.com.au. Excellent. And um, it, it's a it's a cool new website because there's actually some um, some data on there, like some old original Ford data sheets to talk about paint and uh, trim codes and ID plates and all that sort of stuff for all the original um, XR through to XB Falcons. Excellent. So we've excellent. put all that stuff in there for, for people to use as reference, and it'll grow from there. So it has only been up now for a few weeks, this new website, and we're finding, as always, there's some little glitches, but we're uh, working through those. Hmm. Wonderful. Okay, boys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for that wonderful insight. So, again, it's uh, grandtura.com.au. You've been listening to uh, Dick and Dan. They've been telling us all about their racing. They've been telling us about their parts and their restoration business. I'm Harry Christian. I'm here with Marco, Muscle Car Radio. We will be back after the break.
Welcome back to Muscle Car Radio. Marco, what a show, mate. I can't believe it, Harry. What a <laughs> kick. How, what a way to mate, kick off 2017. What about me? What's one thing that I love more than muscle cars? I know, the Roosters. Brad, Brad Fiddler. Fiddler. Mate, an institution. That? How mate, good is I'm that? still a bit how you going. You know, a bit wobbly in the news, but well, he I've got to great. tell you, though, I wasn't happy what he said about the dogs, but I have to agree with him on that. I, was, I asked the question because I was yeah. suspecting that, and he confirmed my I'm not going to go there, but what about his muscle car choices, mate? MR2 and the Volvo. I'm that, a bit concerned. But the Buick, he came back with the Buick. That wasn't too bad. A bit of, a bit of credibility. I there. never, ever would have thought he was a doof-doof guy. And mate, and, 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 yeah, well, please. And I'm telling you what, as a rev head, he was clearly a very, very good footballer. Yeah, so really good. Nice of him to join us. And what about the boys from Grand Tour? They oh, were that's good. That's awesome. It really gives everyone an insight into what it costs to restore one of these cars. Yeah. So anyone who's doing it at home, yeah. you know how much money you're saving. Yeah. Or if you want to get it done, you know how much it's going to cost. 80 grand, 100 grand on a kitchen. People drop it like that. A car that's worth half a million dollars, you spend 100, there's your money. And anyway. Harry, we went through some of the values of record prices. Prices of these cars are unbelievable, mate. It just keeps mortgages. Yep. Well, it's just like house prices in Sydney; they yep. just keep going up. Anyway, we're going to come back in a couple of weeks. You've been listening to Muscle Car Radio. My mate Marco, he's going to join us again, and we'll come back to you. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>